Well, the first thing that I see and hear in spirit is the word magic. <laughs> How many of us are looking for magic? Since a child, we've been looking for magic. We've been fascinated by magic. We've wanted magic in our lives. When we see it performed on a stage, we're in awe. How do they do that? How do they manifest that? Are they really doing magic or is it just a trickery? We see things on TV about people who are magic in some form or another, who have great strength and can do wonderful things, and we want that for ourselves. Why can't we do that? Why can't we just jump off a building and fly? Why can't we bend metal? Why can't we do magic of some kind and make things manifest out of nothing? The key is, is that we do magic every day, but we don't realize it. We are really magicians. We really have that quality of magic in us, but it's a matter of bringing it forward and living it. But to live it, we have to understand it. And that's what the world doesn't teach us, is that we truly are magicians. We truly have magic within us that if we can just bring it forward, we can live a magic life, a wonderful life, a life in which we can manifest, have, be in, bring forward for others in a way that if we do not allow ourselves to be in that state of magic inside of ourselves, we can't. So what is that that I'm talking about? What is the magic that you have available inside of you that if you bring it forward, you can have your life manifest differently? It's all just inside. We have our imagination. Our imagination is a very powerful tool that if we use it properly, if we use it with awareness, we truly can manifest things in our life the way that we want. The imagination is an action of creativity. It is an energy of manifestation. All we have to do is learn how to focus it how to hold it, how to move it, in order for it to truly do what it is here to do, which is to manifest. Just like a magician manifests something out of thin air, we too, through the power of our own inner dynamic of creativity, can manifest things out of seemingly thin air. Think about it. When you were children and you wanted something really bad and all of a sudden you got it, how do you think you got it? Well, for me, it was my putting my, my power of imagination into play. I would imagine myself having that that I wanted. I would imagine my parents going and buying it or in some form or another, it coming to me through other people. I would imagine it, and then I would see it manifest. I learned very quickly that I had a power within my imagination, 
and that if I truly held to it, it could be brought about. But that's the key, is to holding to something with the power of imagination or on the spiritual journey. It's holding to what it is you want and doing it daily. I can remember I understood the power of prayer just like I understood the power of imagination. And I knew that in talking to God, if I truly talked to God in a certain way, with loving, with caring, as a child of God, very vulnerable, that I could create with this conversation with God in my prayer a movement, a dynamic movement, where I would allow that which I was praying for to come into my life. Whether it was coming directly from God or it came into the world, I didn't know. But I knew that through this dynamic action of prayer and focus and holding my intention on what it is I wanted and was asking of God for, that it would come into my life. And that's where I learned a lot about the power of imagination because I would imagine it, I would see it in my mind's eye, I would envision it, and I would then present it to God and say, this is what I want. This is what I need in my life right now. And sure enough, it would come. But if I didn't hold to that day in and day out, making that my prayerful statement to God, it didn't happen. I had to hold to it, hold to it, hold to it until it finally manifested. If I just gave it to God once and let it go, oftentimes it didn't come. But I learned that by holding my attention there daily, every day, until it came about, that it would come about. One place I learned about that as well is in my meditation practice. When I was younger, it was prayer. I didn't know about meditation. But I began to, in my prayer, hold things in my prayer state. Different words, different statements to move into awareness, to move into consciousness. And you've heard me share this before about the omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence of God. That these three words I found about God's existence, God's manifestation. And so I took those three words, even though I really didn't understand them fully, seven, eight, nine years old, but I said them over and over and over as part of my prayer, meditation, focus every day. Just saying, I am one with the omnipresence, omnipotence, and omniscience of God over and over and over and over. And I did that for not just 10 days or 30 days. I did that for 90 days, every day. And it got to the point that it wasn't just in my prayer, but it was during the day I would just be chanting it, saying it over and over and over, until one day it came suddenly out of nowhere the fullness of understanding of what those words meant 
and what it was to be in that in God. How many of us really have held for something for 10 days, for 30 days, for 90 days, truly held for it in innocence, in vulnerability, in openness, to just allow it to come into your life? Well, one thing I know I have done is I have wanted God more than I've wanted anything else. I've wanted to have awareness. I've wanted to have experience. I've wanted to have awakening. And so every day when I meditate, that is my focus. My focus is awakening more into God. And believe me, I don't care how long you meditate and how much you wake up. There's more to come awake to. More and more and more. So the key is, is to stay simple and stay focused. Keep it very simple. And keep it very focused as to what it is you're holding your intention and attention to. Oftentimes, we'll want something and we'll put it out there and we'll start kind of building with our imagination or move into that prayerful state asking for it. But then we start complicating the situation. Well, but I, I want it to come through so-and-so. And, and I want it to be presented in this way and on this day. And I want it to look like this. And, and we start putting all these other things attached to it to where it is so complex that it's very hard to manifest that complexity rather than the simplicity. It's easier to bring forward the simplicity of something and let it just come forward how it's going to come rather than saying that it has to be this way and it has to be this color and it has to be this tall. Do you understand what I'm saying? With me as a child and with me as an adult, I come to God simply. I come to God simply. And I come into my own soul simply. One, I don't go with expectation. I just come to know. I come to be. I come to experience. I come to wake up. I come to fulfill myself. And the way I do that is coming to God and loving. Because loving is all of that. Loving is all of that. Loving will bring you into fulfillment, into peace, into joy, into awakening, into awareness, into the knowing, and into the being of that. And I learned as I was growing up, doing all these things with prayer and asking for things to manifest in my life, I learned, not quickly, but I learned that the more I could just give it up, every day just give it up and say, in a sense, thy will be done, the more I became free and didn't really need this anymore, didn't want it anymore, but yet there was a part of me that did. And so I just kept giving it up to God, and God gave it to me. 
Because God will give you everything that you want in God's way and in God's time. Because God wants to give to you as a child of God everything. God does not want to withhold anything from you. But then you might be asking yourself right now, well then, how is it that I've wanted this and I've wanted this and I've wanted this in my life and it's not in my life? Where is it? Why isn't it in my life? Well, I asked those things too because I didn't get everything I wanted. I wish I had, but I didn't get everything I wanted. And I used to wonder about that until one day in my prayer as a child, I heard very clearly, until you are ready, it will not come. Until you are ready. Well, I didn't know what that meant. I thought I was ready. I wanted that bicycle. I'm ready for a bicycle. Come on, bring the bicycle. But I realized as I was moving through this and not getting sometimes what I wanted, that there were certain things that I had to become aware of or take action with in order for it to come about. For instance, the bicycle. I was holding with my creative imagination. I was holding in my prayerful state for this bike. I wanted it. I didn't care how it came. I just kept offering this that I wanted up to God to bring it into my life. Soon I realized that it wasn't coming the way I wanted. My birthday had come. Several months later, Christmas had come. No bike, no bike. Even when I hinted to my parents, no bike. And I'm going, okay, Lord, what did I do wrong? What am I doing wrong here that I'm not getting what I want? And that's when I heard, you're not ready yet. And I realized in that process of awakening into what that was is that there is a process of responsibility for these gifts that come into our life. Gifts of objects, gifts of people, gifts of situations, gifts of opportunity. We have to be responsive and responsible to it. And in this process, I realized that in this instance, it was for me to bring to myself what I wanted. To bring to myself what I wanted. It wasn't going to be given to me. I was going to bring it to myself. Which meant then what? I had to somehow find a way to buy it. So I began to save my money, which I didn't get a whole lot of allowance. So it was like a long way off that I was ever going to be able to afford this bike. But I set my goal. I says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to save my allowance. I'm not going to spend it on candy. I'm not going to go out and do this or that or the other. I'm just going to save it. And I did. And I saved and I saved and I saved and I watched the money build. And then one day my father came in and he said, I've noticed you're not spending your allowance. You're just saving it. What are you saving it for? And I didn't want to say what I was saving it for because I didn't want to give up the energy that I was building on this. So I said, I don't know yet, but I'm, whole, I'm saving for something. I don't know just what I'm going to get yet. He says, 
he actually he pulled out a ten dollar bill and he says, "Well, look, I'll I'll contribute a little bit more than your allowance towards it, whatever it is you're saving for, because it seems like you're really determined here." And so I thought, "Oh, okay. Well, this is working." And then I was offered to cut the lawn next door for the summer, and I was making money from that. And all of a sudden I realized that sometimes you have to work for what you want. Or you have to be ready and available to receive for what it is you want and the way it's going to come to you. It wasn't going to come in as a bike. It was going to come in as the money. And I was working for the people next door, cutting their grass once a week, making a little bit of money. And... One day, the lady brought out a glass of lemonade. She said, so what are you doing with all this money we're, we're paying you? Which wasn't a whole lot, but it was. And I said, well, I'm saving for a bike. And she said, oh, a bike? What, what, what kind of a bike do you want? And I told her I wanted to swim and all this stuff. And she said, you know what? We just got a brand new bike for our son, and he doesn't want it. He likes his old one. And we're just going to take it back to the store probably very soon if he doesn't start riding it. Do you want to see it? And I said, well, yeah. I'll. And so she showed it to me, and it was exactly the same color I wanted and everything. So she said, I'll tell you what. If he doesn't take to it and ride it within the next week, you come back and we'll talk about it. Well, I thought talk about it meant how much it was going to cost. Well, I knew how much the bike cost, and I still didn't have anything near the amount to pay for it. But I came back the next week, cut the yard. She brought another glass of lemonade out to me. And she said, well, do you still want the bike? And I said, well, yeah, I do. I want the bike, but I don't think I can afford it. And she said, honey, did I ever say we were going to make you pay for it? And I went, what? And she said, come on, come on, come on back and, and get on it and see if you like it. So I got on the bike, I rode it out of the garage, rode around the neighborhood a little bit and came back. She says, what do you think? And I said, well, yeah, I like it. This is just exactly what I was saving my money for. And she said, I, she said how much do you have saved up? And I had $62. And she said, I'll tell you what, you give me $10 and you keep the rest, and the bike is yours. And I went, okay. <laughs> I went home, I got my $10, I came back, I got my bike, I went home. My dad came home from work, and he saw this brand new bike that I was riding on, and he said, Jim, where did you get that bike? And I said, I just bought it. I just bought it today. And he's looking at me, and he realizes I didn't have the money yet. And so he said, well, how did you afford it? Where did, how did you do this? And mom comes out and we're talking about it. And I said, well, I paid $10 for the bike. And he said, you didn't pay $10 for this bike. How did you get this bike? And so I explained it to him and they went next door and they made sure it was really okay and, and everything. And I had my bike for 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. But I learned in that process the value of saving money and the value of money itself. And also the value of being vulnerable and willing to accept how it is finally going to come into my life. So sometimes we don't get it exactly the way we want it. 
but yet we do. Then there's been other times in my life where I've wanted something really bad because I just thought that it was so important to me. And as soon as I got it, the bubble burst and it wasn't important to me at all and I hardly ever used it. Have you ever had that experience in your life? Have you ever had that experience with another person in your life where you desired them, you needed them, you wanted them, oh, you loved them, and then the moment they said that they loved you and wanted to spend the rest of their life with you or spend time with you, all of a sudden it was like, well, not so interested now. It's amazing what the the energy of desire will do. And when the desire seems answered, it just wanes. Well, with God, there is a, a desire. The soul desires to know God. The soul desires to come into oneness with God. The soul is ever longing for that. But as long as the soul is also trapped and caught up in the mind and through the mind into the world, the soul finds itself also placing that desire in an outward focus rather than an inward focus to God. And we are always desiring things in the world. I need this. I desire that. That's important to me. I've got to have it. But that desire energy that I just described is really the soul's desire and longing for God, just focused in a different direction, down and out rather than inward and upward. The next time you see something that you think you've got to have, that you are desiring, that's the most important thing out there, you're longing for it, you need it, you have to get it, you're going to do whatever it takes to get it, stop for a moment and just bring that energy of desire in for a second and just focus it upward to God and say, Lord, I'm moving this energy of desire towards you. I desire you. I want you. Rather than this thing out here in the world, I am going to now move that energy into you and with you. And just see what that feels like for a moment. Just hold it for a moment and see if that doesn't feel more of a natural flow and an easier movement than this energy into the world. Because it really is an unnatural flow, even though the mind and the body thinks it's very natural. It really isn't, because that's not what we desire. So give that a try. I do that every day when I sit down in meditation. I bring all that which is of my consciousness that is focused in the world, not just my desire, but all the focus of my consciousness into the world, here into the seat of the soul, and I just focus it to God. And I say, Lord, I know I'm really looking for you, even when I think I'm looking for things in the world. I know I'm really looking for you. I know I'm really longing to be one with you. And I'm just going to bring my attention fully to you now, in this moment. And yes, it's going to get scattered back out in the world as soon as I open my eyes. But I'm still going to bring that now to finding God in things in the world, in people in the world, as I'm now looking to find God in me inside. 
that's how I learned. I started as a child imagining, praying, holding up the things to God. But I learned through that process about this whole thing of the game of desire, the game of want, the game of need. And it is just a game. So the next time you find yourself looking at a car as it goes by and go, I don't want this car anymore, I want that car. Or I want that person. Or I want that house. Just be aware of the energy of that that you are putting out. And bring it back to yourself for a moment and just look up and say, what I really want is God. And see if that doesn't feel more true than the other in the outer. All right. Well, should we take a break? I think we should take a break. So go ahead and have some coffee, cookies, whatever. And we put a lot of the food back up in the refrigerator.